Hello and welcome to another episode of the Global Skiing Podcast. My name's Tom Gelly, your host, and uh, I've just recently gotten back from a fantastic trip to Solden, Austria. Um, I was over there for just over a week, long way to go for just that amount of time, but it was so worth it. We had great snow conditions, um, had an awesome group of people to, to ski with. We sort of explored uh, the Australian skiing style, my sort of thoughts on how the body moves maybe a little bit differently um, or probably more accurately uh, just how the body, I believe, moves safely and efficiently while you're skiing. And so we did that throughout the week doing workshops in the evening and then skiing six hours throughout the day in mostly sunshine and and perfect glacial skiing. yeah, so that was really good. Just got back from that. And not only did I get to ski a lot, I got to watch the opening World Cup race in Solden uh, where Alexi Pantero took the first place. Uh, amazing effort. Um, but the highlight for me was definitely seeing Marcel Hirsch's second run. Never seen someone attack a steep, icy slope as much as he did. And if he didn't have this little slip, I'm sure he would have been in the top spot. Um, and then finally... Uh, which brings me to this interview, I got to meet up with Richie Berger, a definite uh, idol and sort of hero that I look up to in in the technical skiing world. Um, Met him on a T-bar and had a chat with him and said, would you like to answer a few questions I have? And he said yes, which was great. So this recording is actually me sitting down in the hotel in Solden with Richie for just over half an hour and just asking him some questions that I'm interested in finding out more information about. So I hope you guys enjoy it and uh, sort of gain some insight into the mind of Richie Berger and his fantastic skiing. I want to thank him for taking his time out. He's a busy guy and um, so yeah, I really thank him for, for, for chatting with me and I hope you guys enjoy it. And um, yeah, thanks very much for listening to the podcast. I, I appreciate all the messages that everyone um, sends me about you know, what they get out of it. So I really appreciate you guys doing that. So, so keep them coming. If you can leave a comment on iTunes, that would be even better. And even better again, if you could like, like my Facebook business page, which is uh, Functional Body. Um, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic too to help have your support there. Okay, all right, here comes the interview. Enjoy. Just going to start recording now. Yeah. Um, do you know? Have you did you at all have a look at any of the podcasts? No. You know what a podcast is? No, not really. Okay, it's just like a a kind of an interview. It goes on iTunes, mm-hmm. and um, it's free for people to listen to. Okay. And basically. Yeah, I'll just ask you questions that I'm interested in myself, and um, and I think because I'm interested, there's a lot of people out there that like like to hear what you have to say, and mm-hmm. so I've talked to people like uh, Norm Kreutz mm-hmm. and um, like Fritz mm-hmm. and some of the other younger guys, my friends Paul Lorenz and Riley. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and just ask them about some skiing stuff. So yeah. a few questions um, I had here. Uh, can you tell me about your background? Like, did you start out as a race kid? Like, what? How? Why are you a skier? <laughs> yeah, I started probably skiing like all young kids in Austria mm-hmm. with parents. Yeah, and then I 
started to ski in a ski club and and then we got introduced to racing yeah and um yeah that's how i started mm -hmm. how i started skiing and i was racing until until 18 19 yeah international races yeah FIS so races. europa cup no just fis okay not yeah. european cup yeah fis races well, a long time ago yeah and technically it was pretty good but i was physically always very skinny and light. okay and so were you always working at that like were you in the gym trying to no get, not no, much no, okay. no no okay no i was much more a player okay and not a hard worker okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that got you to a certain point your technical ability but then the strength part these other guys were just bigger so yeah they had in, in my in my edge they had 20 30 kilos more yeah. than me and yeah in flat slopes yeah. there was no chance so then is that when you decided to go down the instructor side of things yeah 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 so you went and then went I went to st christophe i went straight to st christophe yep yeah and went through all your training and yeah do you remember having some like were there some people in in your training that were really influential on how you skied or had you already built up your own style a bit before then well of course we were a group of young racers yeah and the funny thing was that nobody knew from each other that he's going to St. Christophe okay and walking down the stairs going for breakfast we met and uh -huh. we're wondering what are you doing here yeah okay. <laughs> we knew each other from racing yeah and then we met there again and um, yeah there we were pushing each other day by day and skiing together mm -hmm. and of course bit bit um, uh, tired from racing yeah and looking forward for having fun yeah skiing and off-piste yeah. skiing and yeah. skiing yep yeah so did you take was one area like did you really then because you'd been coming from racing start enjoying like was was moguls your favorite thing or did you like no. everything yeah no? no i never practiced mogul skiing actually okay yeah uh, it just yeah came overnight uh -huh. <laughs> yeah it was more powder snow skiing steep stuff skiing yeah up there at Adelberg. yeah and yeah okay cool and uh so i just got to unlock this so was that when you became sort of interested more in like technical skiing as you would say so demonstration skiing you know because you're pretty well known for being someone who's very yeah. into it like when yeah. did that start but this wasn't actually planned yeah yeah it was just we didn't knew what we should do yeah. after racing yeah and then our our ski school director which was also a kind of father for us mm -hmm. because we were 18 19 20 years old and he was also educating us yeah. a little bit yeah not just ski yeah yeah also what to do with the girls yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yeah he, he started to decide and what we are doing okay he said okay now you are ready uh, for the exam and for national ski instructors mm -hmm. and now you're ready to move to 
Japan. Now yeah. you're ready to go there. And he ah. was sending us to other places. Okay, so he was very much a coach. Yeah. 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 So it okay. wasn't coming from us that we said, okay, I want to go to Japan there. and I want yeah. to, yeah. When did that start happening? When did he kind of send you? I went first time in 18, 1989 okay. to Japan. Yeah. And uh, so what, what did you do? in that time like did you go over to record a video or to run a that camp was, or that was no it was kind of um, being ambassador oh. uh, yeah of, uh, Austrian ski technique okay because the ski school was kind of national ski school mm -hmm. like all other ski schools around in, in, in the ski fields are private ski schools yes but this was a national ski school so we were employed by the government yeah and the government was sending us to different countries to introduce the Austrian skiing technique okay yeah cool and this was for a pretty long time and of course in this time I I was able to to make connections mm -hmm. yeah, to network and now this kind of ski schools doesn't exist anymore but yeah. I still have I still the have the network, so yeah, I'm still yeah, I was still there. Yeah, yeah. So did you did you compete in the competitions, the technical competitions over there? Uh, the technical competitions in Japan are actually not allowed for foreigners. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now they started in provincial mm -hmm. um, to allow it in provincial uh, competitions like Hokkaido or other places. Yeah. But it's not allowed in the national one. Yeah, they did it sometimes, and always the international racer was the winner. So they wanted to keep it as a national competition. Yeah, okay. And then was a time where they started an international competition. Okay, this was held in nineteen nineteen. This was after Interski in uh, after Interski in in Osawa Onsen, I think after 1995 okay. around this time yeah they did it two or three times in Japan in Nosawa mm -hmm. and then what I know was one or two international competitions in Korea okay but then they stopped this kind of international was there just not much interest or no it was difficult <laughs> they had to invite all foreigners from yeah. Europe and other countries yeah yeah wasn't a big deal for for the Koreans or Japanese yeah. because they were staying there. Yeah, but nobody was paying to yeah, go there to, to compete. Yeah, and okay. that was probably the problem. Okay, why they stopped. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you what you did as a younger skier for physical training and preparation, but you said as a racer you didn't. After getting more into this side and realizing it's your kind of career did you start training physically training your body no never <laughs> never no. now do you now i you know what i mean is especially young racers or kids that don't need a special training for skiing they need a very they need a very um broad wide yeah range of different sports yes yeah, so they have fun. Yeah. yeah, they should learn to play tennis. They should play squash and all the things where you have all, all the, the motoric and physical 
things you need yes. like speed and power and resistance yeah but they should do it by doing sport and playing yes and not by going to gym or doing yeah. special training specific for yeah. skiing yeah, yeah. okay yeah that interesting that's my idea actually yeah that was that was kind of your training yeah. you would just go and yeah. you played many other sports and yeah, yeah and I was always focusing on, on also on skiers um, not very powerful not very big skiers yes okay yeah, like Ingemar Stenmark wasn't a very big yeah uh, heavy skier he was skinny mm -hmm. but with uh, very good skills mm -hmm. or, or Van Gröningen was also skinny yes but with good skills yes or that Ligeti is also skinny yes. with good skills so yes. I don't need to have 90 or 100 kilos, kilos to be a good to be a good racer yeah. technical racer yes of yes. course in downhill you need yeah. to have weight but yeah but all the other things yeah, yeah not so much yeah, yeah interesting um, so how has your technique changed over the years do you think it's changed uh, or not at all like what's your of course of yeah, course yeah you know I'm, I'm I'm pretty long in this Kind of business and yeah. I started skiing with long straight skis yeah uh, when I was teaching there in San Christoph mm -hmm. we skied with 207 210 skis yeah radius 45 meter 50 meter yeah and now the <laughs> ski length is is almost 40 50 centimeter shorter yeah and with much more side cut yeah and of course also technically uh, this also influenced my, my ski technique. Yeah. So what are some, are there some things you remember, like stages you went through of working towards changing something, like maybe like um, pressure control or early edge, or do you remember going through certain stages in your life? Like, yeah, of yeah. course. So where, what was the first kind of major one you felt was maybe a breakthrough or... The big, big change. big change, I think, is mainly in longer turns, mm -hmm. not that much in short turns. Mm -hmm. Also, short turns, uh, edging becomes earlier and earlier. Yeah. The long skis edging was very much at the at the end yeah. of the turn. Yeah. And now we start to edge always earlier. Mm -hmm. But especially on long turns, on the long carving turns. Yeah, is 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 early early change. early edge. We did yeah. also carving. Carving was. We did carving a long time ago, even with our long skis. But it was much more on one ski, just on our outside ski. Yeah. And we we couldn't use the inside ski. Yeah. That much. Yeah. We were lifting up our inside ski, making yeah. pressure just on our downhill ski yeah. and this distribution on both legs and also using our inside edge yeah. this was probably the biggest change biggest change with the carving ski for me yeah so what do you feel now yourself is the kind of distribution in a in a long turn like where do you feel <laughs> if you were to just try and put a number on it yeah uh, well, that's a difficult question yeah. because I know that, that all the racers and and most people they they just tell people to wait outside ski and mm -hmm. build up pressure on on your outside ski and um, 
what I do is I try to focus on skiing on both legs equal mm-hmm. with the same pressure and if you ski on on the slope your downhill ski is always lower than your uphill ski yep so that by this reason also your downhill ski has always much more weight yeah automatically more weight than your inside ski mm-hmm. and that's why I think I need to active build up pressure on my inside ski yeah so I try to build up active pressure on my inside ski and try to get to get the pressure from from the terrain and from the centrifugal forces yes. on my on my downhill ski. Yes. And by this way I'm able to be more even. To be more even and to ski with yeah. both legs. Interesting. Yeah, I've been playing with that a little bit more so in longer turns, a little bit in shorter turns. And um, it just feels like I get more when I'm active with the inside it feels like I load up more of my body mm-hmm. so more of my body is is tensioned and strong to then control the pressure or direct energy yeah. out of the turn would you feel yeah of course you're much yeah. stronger you're much more compact mm. much more stable I feel than skiing just on one leg yeah or just on my outside ski mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool interesting and is it Short turns, you feel pr- the same? On short turns, 25 years ago, we teach already to weight both skis equal. Mm-hmm. Because on short turns, you're not moving so far away from the fall line. Mm-hmm. And on long turns, you move much closer to the fall line. Yeah. And of course, that's just skiing on both legs. Yeah. No, no weight change from downhill ski to downhill ski. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Not at all. Cool. Do you feel, you know, with the slalom skis now, because, uh, you know, I've seen videos of you from when you're in older suits and then, you know, now more in uh, your new bright colored ones, and it looks, it looks smoother to me the way you ski now compared to the way you used to ski. Um, that's a deliberate thing you're trying to do? not so hard hard and yeah I think it's all was coming up um, with the change of material because with the older skis your etching was much later yeah and then you get much more rebound yeah and and the heavy punch Mm. from the terrain yeah and from the pressure yeah and now with the shorter and stronger side cut skis I tried to edge around the fall line mm-hmm. where not much pressure is coming, coming back. At you, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. By this way I'm able to balance much easier yeah. and the pressure buildup is also much smoother. Yeah. And it's much easier. There's not so much pressure change. Mm. If you edge very late, yes. you have much pressure and then you have no no, no pressure. pressure. Yeah. And if you edge earlier, it's easier to have all the time almost the same, same pressure, pressure and then of course it's smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel the same kind of thing in in the moguls, the buckle piece. I try. Yeah, I I try to build up. Yeah, the backside, the backside yeah. of the bump. Yeah, to build up pressure and yeah, and to unweight as the, the bump yeah. is coming. Yeah. Do you have any like uh, cues personally you think about to to do that on the backside to get the ski pressured on the backside? Or does it more come from also having good 
reactions to the, the, the bump coming towards you so you can push back against the backside of the next bump? Well, I think it's, it's a combination of it's a combination of rolling over with your center of mass yeah. and pulling back, pulling back your feet. skis, yeah. your legs. Yep. So slowing down the feet almost, letting the body yeah. go faster. Yeah. yeah. And that's the problem for most people because they're a bit scared. Yeah. They move back and then they just slap, slap, yeah. slap, slap. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. Um, do you, uh, so are you working on anything in your skiing at the moment? Like in your own skiing? When you go out, are you kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, still need to be? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Every day I try to, to practice and to improve and to change. Like today, for instance, up on the glacier, anything you're feeling or like enjoying or maybe, you know, playing with? Well, what I try to improve day by day is is the kind of steering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do not slide, do not calf. To find a combination of those the two, yeah two, uh, things yeah and of course also to stay all the time with the same pressure yes but it's pretty easy on on, on gentle slopes yeah intermediate slopes but on steeper yeah. stuff it's it, when it gets it's, harder it's very hard yeah 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 and also try to ski with less movement okay be always in the same position uh-huh so what do you mean by that in another, how would you explain that in another way? Well, I think I always focus to keep my sand of mass in the same position, mm-hmm. my head in the same position, mm-hmm. the whole body in the same position, and also not much bending and extending my legs. Yes, okay. Or just let them run yeah. a bit. Run below, underneath you, underneath my body. Yeah. To have a good acceleration in, in a turn. Yeah. Like shock absorbers. Yeah. Hard shock absorbers. Yeah. Your car allows you to accelerate. Yeah. At the end of of the turn. Yes. And yeah. if those are too soft. Yeah. You lose pressure. You lose speed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool to think of. Um, do you do anything with your equipment, with your ski boots, uh, like in the fitting of them? Do you, like, if you're a pretty good foot or do you have to do a lot of work because you've spent hundreds and hundreds and thousands of days in ski boots? Well, I have one big uh, right ankle. <laughs> yeah. And here just scraping, scraping out to yeah. not have pain. Yeah. But... Like, do you cant your boots? Do no, you f- no, no. You're pretty, yeah. when you stand in, your sh- your leg comes up Yeah. pretty straight. Yeah. Always been that way. Yeah. Yeah. With your guests, do you ever look at that as an as a component or something to... Yeah, I think material is very important. Yeah. Very important. And of mm-hmm. course, I'm, I'm a person who, who cares very much the material, the mm-hmm. skis, and I don't like it all to not... Uh, do not have a good, good material, yeah. good equipment. Yeah. So in your like in your skis, what do you look for? Like what kind of feel or whatever in your skis? Are you looking for something not too stiff, not too soft? Is it, or, or do you like stiffer or what? And and why? Well, I I don't have 
I don't have special skis. I have skis which you can buy, buy shop. In, in the shop. Mm -hmm. Of course, these are all skis from race department. Slalom skis from race department and cheer ski from race department. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I like actually also in boots. I'm skiing pretty hard boots. And also skis, I prefer harder skis because mm -hmm. I think they give me much more rebound, mm -hmm. much more trampoline yeah. effect than, than the soft ones. And in, in soft skis or soft boots, I feel I lose pressure. Like you were talking side. about before, you want to keep the body the same yeah. so if the ski can yeah. do more than you don't have to have the mushy yeah. suspension you have. And if I have stiff yeah. ski boots, pressure is going much more forward mm -hmm. with the skis yep. downhill and, and not sideways. Yeah, yeah, cool, interesting. Um, with the uh, last few questions, are there some principles you think are really essential, like simple kind of principles in skiing? that you kind of really make sure you get across when you teach your kind of the people you ski with? Well, principles are, of course, basic technique. I think basic technique is most important. And I practice every day basic technique in the morning. Yeah, my first run, first runs. And this is the most important thing, mm -hmm. I think. And physically... That's why I also think it's not important to make fitness training yeah. because for skiing, I think um, balance and coordination is the most important thing and not power. Mm -hmm. And if you're good in balance and in coordination, yeah. you can be a very good skier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To I totally agree with that. Um, so, what's a typical uh, season for you? Like, are you booked out all winter? Like, can people get in touch with you to organize camps, um, that sort of thing? Uh, like, are you booked out this whole winter? <laughs> yeah. You are? Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I also have running a ski school at home and the a small sports shop and okay. a tune-up shop and rental shop yes and so if I don't ski or even when I finished skiing I have to organize all these things a little bit yeah I also have some employees which is sometimes hard to handle and yeah. to organize yeah yeah and and yeah I'm not anymore skiing um, every day and every week and all week yeah because of these things around yeah. me, but yeah. I had I had uh, skiing seasons in which I skied 300, 300 days a year. Yeah, wow. And um, it's tiring. It's tiring. Yeah. 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 And now with all this other work around, I'm when I'm on skis, I'm very motivated. Yeah. And focused on 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 practicing and yeah and skiing and yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, cool. So, uh, where do you go to next after this? I go back home yep. for one week. I need to organize my ski school and get everything get sorted ready for the season. Yeah. And then uh, next week I'm in Kapun. 
mm-hmm. another glacier. And then Stubai. Mm-hmm. And then have some race camps around Schladming. Mm-hmm. And technical camps at home. And cool. then almost is Christmas. Yeah, nice. Then the season starts with the ski school there. Yeah. And in January, I'm once always in Japan for about 10 days, two weeks. Mm-hmm. End of January, then I'm coming back because we have uh, uh, we have um, vacations. The yep. biggest vacations. So yeah, beginning of busy in the ski school. Beginning of February, I'm again there for for two weeks, and then from 18th February on until 10th of April. Uh, are you going I'm back over to see Tom again? Are you going to ski with? What I saw on my schedule is I'm working with him this season, two days in cool. his ski school. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, do you enjoy skiing over there? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. it's a bit quieter, isn't it? Like Miyoko is not so busy and. Well, I don't know the place where Tom ski school is. Is it in Iseko? No, uh, Miyoko. Oh, Miyoko. Miyoko yeah, yeah. When I'm in Miyoko, the season finished already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not anymore busy. Yeah. For Tom, ski school, it's, I think, the last week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But even I visited him in uh, February a few years ago, and even then it was was nice. It's yeah. Not, yeah. not too busy, but there's some good bump runs there. Yeah. 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 Really nice. Yeah, cool. Um, I was with my people today, just some thoughts I had have been playing with this idea that when you're steering with your leg, there is more, most people just talk about steering from like the upper leg, mm-hmm. right? So the thigh. So there's this, this separation there. Mm-hmm. But there's also some steering which you can do with the foot and the and the lower leg mm-hmm. at the knee joint and um my sort of feeling on it is you use more the upper part of the leg at the beginning mm-hmm. because there's more of an edging movement and you actually relax the lower leg to allow the mm-hmm. foot to roll out and the ski mm-hmm. to run the edge mm-hmm. and then more from the fall line as you start to want to build the pressure more and direct the ski back you use not so much the upper leg but more the foot and the mm-hmm. lower leg to bring it back mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree this yeah yeah do you teach kind of in that way or do you get through like do you explain it to people that there is this yeah 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 of course i explain because too often we explain and we show them, yeah, you have to move your knees yeah. right and left. Yeah. But you can't move your knee sideways. No. Yeah, it's just one way yeah. to be able to move your knees. Yeah. And to move them sideways, you need to rotate your thigh and yeah. your leg. Yeah. And that's the reason why your knees are inside. Mm-hmm. Of course, I also was practicing with them and explaining them. Yeah. So today I was trying to explain to them that don't just think about there being rotational separation just at the hip but that you can also get it at the hip and then the knee mm-hmm. so there's kind of three different directions mm-hmm. where the pelvis is going where the knee's going where the foot's going mm-hmm. and then in the middle they all kind of line up mm-hmm. and then the foot starts overtaking all of them again mm-hmm. so the foot is the furthest across the hill yeah. the knee 
a little bit and then the pelvis yes. yeah, straight down. Yeah, it's like on golf or on, on tennis. Yeah. yeah. You start teaching them to move your arm in your shoulder. Okay, yeah. But then if you become better and better, yeah. you need also to open your wrist. Okay. For acceleration. Yeah. And that's the kick you give the ball and the speed you give the ball. Yeah. Just doing this, it's to control. Yes. And but stiff. Yeah. yeah, you get kind of this more whip yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool. also the acceleration out of the turn. Out of the turn. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. Because I saw you guys doing some drill, uh, just, you know, like s typical block the upper yeah. body drills. And, and you could see the people at the front of the group were really good. They had the, they had the idea of being able to steer just enough with the thighs yeah. that they didn't rotate with the hips yeah. but then they could move the, the lower body and the people at the back just the disconnected yeah. it was just all one thing yeah because it. it's there was one one period when 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 we started to teach to follow the skis you need to follow the ski dips yeah and this then a kind of rotation appeared Yeah. People were not anymore able to separate yes. upper body from lower body. Yeah. And that's the problem also what, what they have. Yeah. But they're getting better. Yeah, they're getting better. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Same with my guys too. And they can start to see it too because like on the video it's yeah. like, can you see, yes, you are turning good with this part, yeah. but this lower part is stiff and stuck. You're, yeah. you're lazy there and you yeah. need to, to move it. And um, yeah, it's interesting because I've started talking about like at the because I see a lot at the start of the turn they they use the lower leg to yeah. do the start the turn yeah and not the top and yeah. it's kind of again like your tennis serve analogy it's almost like they're just trying to hit with the wrist yeah when they need to smash the ball over the net yeah so uh yeah that's cool excellent well um Thanks for your time. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's good to meet you because Fritz has uh, talked highly of you and okay. some of the training sessions because, you know, uh, I think he's probably, I would, I would imagine, trained similar to you because we've been skiing together in yeah. Canada and, um, yeah, he's really disciplined and, and has a good progression to everything and he's yeah. told me some stories about yeah. when you went used to train him and some of the other um, good guys and and he actually I remember him mentioning the day when you said okay like we are now going to work on a long term getting early, on the edge early and they all thought they could do it and then you said no 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 like this, like really early on the edge and they all fell over and yeah, yeah. And, and it took them a while to yeah. to really get that get that happening so what was that what when they thought they were on the edge early but you said no 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 earlier what was well the the, the most people or many people they 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 are not working on the edge angle they yeah. just change so they just change their edges from one side to the other yeah and when they increase the edge angle they do it at the end of the turn yeah And we, also with Fritz, we have been working pretty much to increase in the face of our downhill turn. 
Yeah. To increase edge angle. Yeah. And to have the strongest edge angle in the fall line. Yeah. And, and then decreasing. Decrease after from the that. fall line on. Yeah. That's Ted Ligeti, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Like that. Did you see him training up there? No. Today? No. No, I didn't see him. Yeah. He was. He looks very different. You know, I saw a stack of people come through from different countries, mm-hmm. but he definitely stood out in that group of skiers anyway as having exactly what you're talking about, increasing a lot until the fall line, and then he's really relaxed there, and he can just decrease and just use that to slingshot across, and he's very relaxed. Yeah, and he's the, able to ski so strong inclinations yes. at the beginning of the turn, yes. the face of the downhill turn, yes. until the fall line. Yeah. And that's what many that's, other races can do yeah. they just stay upright yes and they start building up in the fall line yes yeah and he's doing this best yeah great inclination yeah, yeah very yeah. very early yeah is that something you like playing within your own scheme yeah. trying yeah yes. trying to do that yeah 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 same i've been trying to emulate it and it's it's good feels good when you get it and I, I think I feel, I feel anyway that this idea of the separation of moving more from the hips and the thigh at the top mm-hmm. and letting your whole body really fall over as you're standing on your outside ski is yeah. definitely part of it yeah. and then you start guiding this the foot around to get everything straight and long yeah. in the body yeah, yeah. cool yeah, okay. Have the same idea. Of yeah. Things, okay. <laughs> That's good. Well, thanks for your time. No. Yeah. Thank appreciate you. it. And uh, yeah. Cool. Some of you may already know that I've been advising Carve and working with the team for some time now, and this year the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date. They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer, and one that measures the G-force in a turn. And that one, I have to say, I got to try it out this winter in Australia, and that is really fun. This new addition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch. Now, what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your ski IQ score. This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLIE15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks.